welcome to episode 11 of the Sheffield Hopcast. My name's Adam, and we're here today at the Les Car. And as usual, we're with our esteemed colleagues, Sean. Well, we're missing one esteemed well, colleague. Should, come to should that. we? Ex- oh, are you going well, to now he's let us down. Good, good so. evening, Adam. It's um, nice to see you with a smile on your face, eventually. Yeah. Well, I'm hosted today. James is off doing something with his other his other friends. So, uh, Sean. Start beer of the month. Beer of the month. Um, as always, I like to pick out, uh, or not deliberately, but I feel as if I've got to now. I've fallen into the trap. So uh, I'm going to pick out a beer from a recent trip to uh, Belgium, and it was my last beer of our night in Bruges. So um, my memories are quite hazy. Um, but uh, the beer is from Destrus in Belgium. They have a, a famous beer called Black Albert, which they, they, they use sort of variants of Black Albert for different types of beers. And uh, the one I had and absolutely adored was Cuvée Delphine, which is a bourbon barrel aged version of, uh, of Black Albert and uh, phenomenal. I'm not a massive fan of, of bourbon and bourbon barrel aging, but it was the last night of a long day in Bruges and so by the time I got to that particular beer uh, I got over my bourbon uh, problems and I was ready just for a big uh, stout to, to smash me to sleep at the end of the night so beautiful. So Sean you did me a favour while you were in um, <clears throat> while you were in Bruges. Did I? You did yeah. I didn't bring anything back. No 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 but I asked you to take a particular photo. I did indeed yeah yeah so that's, it's, that's, that's pathetic I don't normally bow to pressure. So like what's, that. what's the um, what's the what's the bar called? Is it like, Stamine de Gare. Well uh, that's how you read it of course everybody correct when you're there <laughs> alright for uh, but it was Stamine de Gare which is off a little snicket I'm from Barnsley so yeah, I'm going to call a it a snicket rather than a ginnel and uh, uh, between Burke Square and Mark Square well this is where it Burke. came from it's like I went there and found it and then every time someone went to a new I said there's this really cool little bar but it's very difficult to find it's between two squares and you have to kind of go through this little snicket thank you and um, so I had a photo outside it it's not a very good podcast thing but thumbs up kind of thing outside the door and everyone I've known have gone I've made them basically recreate that photo yeah and so it, I said Sean, t- Sean typically I, I would just walk off and not give a, a monkeys about something like that but uh, I let Deb walk around the corner as we were going and, and it was raining and so I thought I'd stay dry for a few seconds more and I took a picture for, for our lovely he, he looked really happy about <laughs> it as well yeah not half Laura <laughs> hello beer of the month um, pretty easy decision for me this month um, last weekend uh, we went over to New Mills for Torside don't know if I've mentioned I love Torside <laughs> haven't had a Torside fangirl moment in a, at least two months I'd say so here is a big one uh, they had a festival at the weekend called Smokefest pretty niche uh, all of the beers of which I think there were five or six cask eight keg and loads of bottles everything was smoked and it was such a great day um, just really really friendly really nice vibes not a massive festival as you might expect with it being uh, you know so kind of focused beer wise um, but so many great beers um, honourable mention to Yeasty Boys Rex Attitude which is a 100% petered malt pale ale uh, which we had they had on keg um, but my absolute favourite and the beer I'm picking as beer of the month uh, is from Torside themselves and it was on cask and it was their 10% Rausch wine which 
is a smoked barley wine and it was just absolutely phenomenal it was smooth and sticky and smoky but still really sweet and just so nicely balanced um, and just super super tasty so well done to our side so a great beer and a great day foods as well oh yeah yeah you got food the food was uh, they had pies that had uh, one of their smoked stouts in or you could have pretzels with smoked ham and smoked cheese and I think most of the cheese they cold smoked it themselves like under a little cloche uh, at the brewery and smoky blue cheese and is probably the only thing that could have made drinking that Ralph wine any better and they had it sounds like an awful (laughs) (laughs) so I promised we had an extra guest in James's absence and um, so tonight are you hearing from we've gone earlist we've gone earlist we We thought oh can we try and get I've already heard of it. Sheffield Beer Scene, Earless. So we've got Hannah Bolton Tight, who you might know from um, Neepsen Brewco. Hello. Hello. So, you're, um, so you, you've been tasked with the Beer of the Month as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do actually, but I've, I've nailed it down to one beer that I just thought was absolutely outstanding. It came from the Shakespeare's. And it was by Wonder Beyond in Manchester. It was the La Adelita uh, 11% Imperial Cake Stout, basically. Um, Full of chipotle chili, um, cacao nib, vanilla, and it was just unctuous with a real big spice kick that was so warming. And like you said, Sean, about your your bourbon, at the end of the night, it it not only finished me off, but it made me ready for bed. And it just left me wanting more, and I've been fantasizing about it ever since. I'm imagining you walking home with that ready break and glow around you, that little orange glow that you get. A bit like from that. A beer like that. I was uh, I was doing, doing a little bit of research about it, and they named the beer after a Mexican folk song, La Adelita, um, and it basically celebrates Mexican female war heroes, which is particularly good anyway, being that they're female war heroes. But um, I also noticed that Hop Hideout have got some in stock as well, so I think I'll be paying Jules a visit. Is that a bottle then, or is that a can? In can, yeah. Sorry. I haven't had much Wonder Beyond, and I think I've heard exclusively good things about them. Mm -hmm. I've only had their Mini Milkshake IPA, which was really nice, but... I was going to say, mostly big, apart from that, which was a big flavour for such a low ABV. I think I had like a 3.8 casks um, pale in Shakespeare recently. I wasn't blown away by it. Oh, really? Weirdly, because I've heard, like you said, like... Octazadolita yeah. and the Octopod, is it Mango Milkshake, Imperial, IPA about 12% and everybody raving about I've got... Well. I can't remember what it's called, an Imperial Apricot Berliner Weiss at home. It's got Oof. a little uh, Slow Loris or something on the label yeah, or something. Yeah, I'll... So I know cute. the name of that. Is and it called so Loris something? It is, yes. 7.2%. I, I haven't think. had it yet, but I'm looking forward yeah, to trying it. It is. Yeah. Walkley Beerco just had um, their dipper, 8% Allure mm. on the bar, and that was particularly good as mm. well. Very mm. good. It's the same, but, but, but the big beers. Yeah. So. So for anyone listening now, we've just had a techno problem that Adam, 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 Adam has, has, has rectified. No, I, I'm, I'm giving you 
all the praise because we didn't really help there. One of us went to the toilet, and that's your quiz for this week, which one of us went to the toilet <laughs> during the techno problems. So are we are we back on it's, now? It's, now? it's moving, yeah. It's moving. <clears throat> let's so just do it. We're let's happy. Just, let's just say there's a gremlin in the uh, system. So the general love was for Wonder Beyond, I think, yeah. uh, a little bit earlier. So I'll go to my beer. My beer. Oh, go on then. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry. So for those of you who have been under a stone, not been here for a month, have I? Oh yeah, been on holiday, yeah. Yeah. So I've, even though I have some quite decent ones just before I left, including a couple of Neeps and ones, but and some good Abbeydale ones. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, go for one that I got in Bilbao. A uh, brewery called Baskery, and it was called Hitman, which is an American IPA, seven uh, percent. And they also had what I also had a different one called Sock, which is from the same brewery. It was a mango New England style uh, IPA, which are both really really good. Considering I had pretty much a month off any sort of decent beer, it was like a nice welcome. Let's welcome back to something a bit crafty. Mm. Adam, you, you've always been a good friend, but we booked <clears> our <throat> flights to Bilbao last night Did for you? next year, so you could be my best friend over the next few I weeks. I point you a few places. I saw the brewery on there yesterday when I was doing a bit of research. There is a little brew pub, Yeah. One yeah. um, called Penguin as well. I yeah, think. I don't think I actually made it to them. I got it from a shop that was near the cathedral called, like, Cathedral of Beers. It went, like, like a cathedral. Did you, did you have a day there, 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 there or something? Yeah. A day there? Yeah, we yeah, stayed yeah, there for yeah. two days. Oh, did you? Right, yeah, good one day in the in the city. Yeah, good stuff. One day perched above it in a camper van, sort of looking over the city. Looking over like the it's um, in there. It's right. yeah, it Where is it? It's, um, it's in Basque region. So it's basically yeah. it's about an hour down the coast from the west coast of France. It's on the northern coast. San Sebastian. Oh, right. yeah, nice. It's very very north. Yeah, nice. So then Santander further on. So any places to do pinchos in uh, the That's city? The one, yeah. That's you want to go in? Well, you you want to go and see what Bilbao do, and then um, tech stock and um, improve it. Not, not naming any names. All right. I'm just right. saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I don't know anywhere. Miles, would you, can you? Everywhere. Where, where would you recommend in Sheffield? No, I think people do good, good stuff, but I think once you've been there. What would you recommend? What for? For, for pinchers in, in yeah, Sheffield. All workshop do them, right. and Tramshed do them. Um, I just think like it's nice to have something from the origin. I think in a of course always maybe is. A, Pint of Guinness is always better in Dublin, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I just I think there's certain things they put on that shouldn't be put on little pieces of bread. It's that big. Just <laughs> 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 sure, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'll take them any day, but you know, <laughs> two euros. Some of the stuff that were coming out of them places are unbelievable. It's much nice forward to it. Um, did also find some ice cream that was um, basically squid ink and um, flavours and all sorts of weird stuff. So that sounds great. So if you want some like it does. Sort of savoury ice cream, I'd rather go to a small beer festival. <laughs> <laughs> Not so sure. <laughs> so, Sean, first beer of the night. Um, well, we, we, should, a bit about we should we should perhaps look at the theme first. Yeah. So we we realise that we're in. Um, if you listen very quickly, we're in early November. If you're a slow coach, this is late November and means less to you. But we've decided to have a look at uh, four Christmas beers. Um, down at the shop, uh, we've already had um, dozens and dozens and dozens of people buying already for Christmas. So it's very much in the the customer. 
our uh, customer forefront is Christmas. Not really, ideally, in the real world, would you be talking about Christmas at this point? But, I disagree. But <laughs> um, next month for our Christmas edition of Sheffield Hopcast, we're going out on the Raz. Oh, Sean's so back we're, from the we're, back we're on a, we're on a pub crawl, which doesn't really necessarily mean that we're going to drink many Christmas beers. So no. we thought we would be nice and clever, not miss out on a few Christmas recommendations. And so we've got four lined up uh, for tonight. Also, I think as soon as Halloween and Bonfire Night are gone, that is the point at which it is Christmas and we are on the 6th of November. It's like seven weeks, isn't it? Yes, it's coming. But, uh, more than any other city, Sheffield has an earlier Christmas than any other UK city and it's all down to our second beer well, of tonight, which we'll, come back, to which we'll come back to. But I think uh, Christmas comes early to Sheffield. What's your thoughts on Christmas, Hannah? Uh, I like Christmas. I don't like going in there too early. I mean, I'll, I'll get a tree. It'll be a real tree, but it goes up two weeks before and then it comes down immediately afterwards. What, like Boxing Day? No, because I'm never there on Boxing January. Day. January. Thank you. January the 1st. It, it comes down fairly early because I like to be done with it. But I like the season and I like the celebration. Has anyone done any Christmas shopping as yet? Well, yep. Not beer, of course, but yep. Laura, of I course. I've about it. You, you I, bought, you I, bought I, our, our gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I always start my Christmas shopping early. I'm a highly organised individual. Uh, well, uh, does anyone here buy anything for Christmas immediately after last Christmas? No. no. Oh, that's good. That's well, good. you don't know if you're still going to be friends with people that far away. <laughs> or, uh, just random <laughs> gifts that you can then... Uh, uh, you can shunt, shunt, shunt people's ways. Much like when I'm in a restaurant where I'll, 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 undec- I'll be undecisive on the indecisive even on what I want. I'll go, I made that decision. I made that decision once that once that waiter comes or waitress comes and asks me and I'll, I'll make that decision. I think Christmas is like that for me. I have to wait till Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas Eve and be like, I've got, I, I can't, I can't balls it up now. So mm. you'd, you'd be forced to make a decision, aren't you? Mm. I just love, like, why would you not have as much Christmas as possible when it's so nice? Yeah, it can be overbearing though, can't it? I mean, the, the adverts on TV are, are just yeah, sickening. Road, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd like to have, I think the more adverts that are on, the more stubborn people perhaps will become and, and don't really you don't want to be force fed it. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's, so that's your own independent choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our first beer of the night is from Neil's Brewery in uh, West Yorkshire in Keithley and it's a a 4% pale ale. Pale ale's a little bit uh, rarer of course amongst the the Christmas beer crowd. You do get them but uh, certainly stands out as a a pale ale and being a a little bit different to most of the darker stuff that you tend to get. Um, The beer's called Three Spirits. Um, They do a a range of I think maybe four, five, six different Christmas beers based around the Dickens sort of theme and um, always proved very popular but mostly as gifts um, I've hung on to this urban myth about Neilers for some some years now that uh, I am sure I'm sure and I will double check with, with Northern Monk and apologise if this is not the case <laughs> but I'm sure their first couple of beers their first two brews 
um, New World IPA and Astronic, their Imperial Stout. I'm sure they brewed initially at Nailers in Keithley. I'm sure that that was the case. And uh, if that is the case, then they have a, a, a vital position in in UK uh, the, the UK modern modern beer scene. Their their styles, particularly, they were more traditional mm. and a, and a brewed for a more traditional palate, certainly. Oh no! It makes this a Christmas beer by flavour. Uh, uh, the, uh, no, <coughs> there's no flavour. I'm sure uh, they don't claim any flavour on the bottle. Uh, um, from a point of view, of being Christmas, oh, it's just brand, it's just branded as a as a Christmas beer with their other their other range. So they have a porter, they have a pale ale, they have a ruby. So, like a, so like they, they, they give it a nice choice. Yeah. You yeah. probably get to a point though, in the midst of all the heavy Christmas drinks, where one of these would be very welcome. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, was it 4.1? 4%, 4%. Nice and light. There's a touch of pine. Unless yeah. my palate's all out of whack, I'm getting a little bit of something festive without it being like a figgy pudding stout yeah. or something feels, that's obviously... It feels like one of the ones where you'll crack open a bit early, maybe on Christmas Day, if you've got a really nice starter. Yeah. My father-in-law would love that. Yeah. It strikes me as a beer that you would perhaps have on Christmas Day as you're just starting to prep your... Uh, yeah, yeah. Your, your, or, or get close to, to, to getting ready to set up the table okay. and have it in the kitchen, nice and easy and breezy before something a bit darker and stronger later. So that said, that's what, okay. what, what is everyone's kind of Christmas Day routines in terms of drinking? We actually do hit it hard from... Wait, Waking up. So, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. pe- peeling the carrots and the spuds and you're on it. Well, I mean, when when we go up and see my family who live just north of the Fourth Road Bridge in Scotland, um, it's pretty boozy. We don't see each other often, so we'll tend to start off with a bit of fizz. Um, and just so you know, it's Christmas. Mm. <laughs> Why not? And then we'll do a few presents and things. And then maybe the gin will get brought out and then beers later on when everyone wants to just steady themselves down a little bit but it's so you start on the spirits then switch to beer later yeah just to calm ourselves down a bit really but uh yeah we don't have to go anywhere so yeah, well, some, we uh, we like to have um, a smoked salmon breakfast or something, Ooh. and that's really nice with a little bit of peaty whiskey. So we tend to start the day on a whiskey. Then we'll have a book's fizz, fizz as a refresher. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, we tend to go to the Sheep View, which is our local, which is open on Christmas Day. So we'll always go and have a couple of beers in I'm there. I'm trying to remember Christmas Day last year, and I'm sure that you you switched out the um, book's fizz for something different this, last year. I'm sure you did. Um, I'm sure you went for like a sour or something. Yeah. Or like a... Yeah, I found some orangey sour bit. I can't remember what they were now, but I yeah, found I a couple and I think I'm... Did I make some kind of cocktail that was sour beer and orange liqueur? Or you something? might, and I'm sure that you <laughs> sounds like Adam something doesn't I would do. Does it? Yeah, can't remember yeah. that. Does he just, just, I just thought I'm sure Laura did something a bit clever. Well, actually, just on the way here, we nipped into uh, Starmore Boss just down the road, which is a, a very excellent uh, shop for wines and spirits in Sheffield. Uh, for those of you who aren't local, um, and we bought an alternative to Bucks Fizz for Christmas Day, Yuzu Sake. Oh. So so that's going to be our Christmas day today. Sock is really interesting actually because it's fermented a lot more like a beer is. So uh, there, there we go. Tying it back in with beer. 
this is this is a sham. I feel under pressure now. Well, I, I, I now I now think I'm probably going to have twelve vodkas by about oh, nine so o'clock. You're not designated driver. <laughs> um, you're not designated driver, Sean. Uh, no, until nine o'clock to take. A no, no. Mine is a is a shamefully stereotypical. Um, Barnsley Stroke, South Yorkshire, um, Christmas Day, in that um, we, we we go down to my mum and dad's, well, our Christmas dinner at my mum and dad's, but we go down to my mum and dad's, and then I go to the pub <laughs> with my dad, my uncle, <laughs> my cousins, both male and female cousins, but at that sort of senior level. Um, it's my dad and his brother and that sort of thing. So it's a little bit blokey uh, and, and stereotypical. But, well, women but to, well, women yeah, while while my mum while my mum uh, has, has has a drink while but then obviously I wash the pots after uh, Adam. That's got that's the payback into yeah, it. So hopefully good. that's the payback. Um, and obviously buy nice gifts and I'm very thankful. But going to the pub with my dad for that couple of hours um, is something I, I love. Mm. Mm. Similar, similar to me. I mean, since I've had a kid and stuff and got married and yeah. now I have family that's like 200 miles away. You have to kind of juggle juggle the family stuff and like, like you said. Yeah. yeah. But traditionally, we used to go down to the local pub, which I would never, ever go in at any other time of year, on Christmas Day with my granddad my dad, my cousin, my uncle, and have a, a couple of pints, oak tree at Wath, which isn't there anymore. No. But in the middle of an estate, and you'd never go there at any other time of year. But what best atmosphere you could ever mm. expect. Like you were like, all one big family. Mm. <clears throat> and then um, when that shut down and granddad died, and it kind of almost kind of like split up a bit, so we'll try and, if I go over at mum and dad, we'll maybe try walk across to um, Top End of Swinton and uh, Gate. Well, Gate or King's Head. I think that's closed at the moment. Yeah, it is King's a bit, Ed. yeah. But it always be, um, your best option would probably be... Actually, King's Head did have Landlord on, and actually yeah. I've had, actually, I have had some Abbeydale on in there, actually. Right, exactly. There you go. So, but um, now it's a bit of just, just grab what you can, I think, uh, at home, sort of new family kind of stuff, so some bottles in maybe some like some spirits and some wine what time will you get up with your, with your daughter oh I think probably before she does I'm still that oh, kind right, of good kid good lad like, we used to put my mum and dad's clocks um, forwards forwards yeah so that they'd think it was the right time when they got up <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice, because then they get bonus Christmas day. Well, we used to take them a cup of tea and a cup of coffee and some breakfast and then jump on them and that was it. Christmas oh. is underway. <laughs> Brilliant. So, I know um, James is not here today, but he has he has put a little bit of graft in for this episode. And um, so this sort of time of year, just moving just into November, it's time for a bit of a Sheffield tradition and a, an annual release, which excites a lot of people. Um, and so James went up to uh, Bradfield last week to see what that's all about. Yeah. 
Well, it is a crisp, quite sunny Thursday afternoon. It's the last Thursday of October. It's uh, just after four o'clock in the afternoon. The sun, it's a little bit chilly, but the sun is shining. Um, and i um, thinking it might be one of the last kind of nice, kind of sunny afternoons of the year. So a perfect day to be sat outside the Nags Head. And I'm sat with John, who is owner of the brewery. That's great, yep, yep. Um, so um, we're here for, I, I think it's one of the big dates now in the Sheffield beer calendar. It's kind of grown over the years. So it's the launch of Belgian Blue for 2018. Um, yeah, I mean, would you agree with that? Is, has it become from, from its kind of its origins to, to what it is now? Because people really kind of count down to the launch of it every year now, don't they? I, I think since we first brought it's become a bit of a phenomenon. Yes, it's, uh, it's certainly grown in popularity, and as a seasonal beer, it's really sort of well accepted. Uh, I think we, we first brewed it in 2005. It, actually, the first year we started brewing, so it's been with us a long time. And like a lot of us other beers, it's named after the breed of a cow, which is actually a Belgian blue cow. So that's where its name came from. I never knew. The, I never knew that. I always wondered whether it was some kind of take on a weird Belgium style of beer. No, no. Um, we started right from day one, sort of thing. I mean, wanted to keep us farming theme, so as uh, even as blonde as bestseller is named after blonde Aquitaine, which is a breed of a cow, and then there's uh, brown cow, which is actually uh, Swiss brown. Uh, we we try to keep on that theme, so Belgian blue is a breed of a cow. All right, that's quite interesting. Um, so what's what's kind of the origins of Belgian Blue? How did it begin, you know, way back when in, in, in 2005? Uh, in 2005, when we'd only just started, and Paul, the head brewer, he, you know, keen to try different recipes, different brews, and uh, he was keen to try and make a blue beer. And after some research, he found that to make a beer blue was nearly impossible. You could turn it green quite easily, but then it won't look very appetising. So the nearest thing you could get to a blue beer was to create a blue head on it. And the blue head, if it's served up properly, she'll follow the, down the side of the glass and leave a blue tint. So it's only slightly blue, but, you know, because when it's pulled, people say to us, oh, it's purple, that. But if it's served up right, you do get that blue tint on the head. So. In the right light. In the right light, yeah, yeah, and the, on a foggy day. <laughs> um... I guess you probably get asked this a lot now. Adam, who's the other host of the Hopcast with with me, he's a, he's a fan of Belgian Blue as well. But he always says it's definitely changed over the years. It definitely changed the recipe to that. It's not the same as it used to be. Um, and I guess probably you get other people that kind of ask that ask that question. Has has it changed over the years, or is it exactly the same now? Uh, to my knowledge, no. Uh, Paul doesn't tell us all his secrets, but no. It's when we first started, it was obviously done in a small batch. You know, with a ten barrel plant. Um, so it was done more or less on a cast-to-cast basis. Uh, we now brew on a 40-barrel plant, and we'll brew twice a day, so we have 80 barrels to each, on each batch, and so each batch of Belgian blue goes through in one. It's everything what's put into it is put in, in conditioning tanks, and uh, so it's all done in a big big vat instead of... It could be a little bit more individual, shall we say. You know, in the early days it could be, but now it is more standardised, and it has been for a number of years. So I think people sometimes... Everybody likes to think, oh, well, like just last year when they first tasted but it is same um, each year it has been for a number of years now so um, do you get people like me that say uh, it's not that percentage they put on it that's not that's not true it's about 18% this stuff because I have three pints of it and I'm falling down the stairs I, I think it's, it's deceiving I know one of us other beers uh, Sixer I uh, it's <laughs> 
back to Paul, he seems to have a knack of creating these strong beers that taste frighteningly easy to drink. And uh, it's not till you've had a few pints you try and stand up, you realise how strong they are. But no, it should it should be what it says on the tin. Uh, I can assure you. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so how how successful a beer is it is it for the the brewery then? You know, what, what have you got any kind of facts and figures? They were saying that that last year on the uh, on the launch day it was selling a pint a minute um, in the first few hours and, and and kind of generally what what how well does it sell for you? Um, you put me on the spot there. Um, it, it does sell really well. Um, I know quite a few pub weather spoons in, in particular in Sheffield, they all have a, a place ready and they try and outdo each other and how much blue they can sell. Um, I haven't just got any figures on top of my head just to rattle off, but it, it sells a lot. It's the only special we do that ever puts a light competes with Blonde. I mean, Blonde is such a flagship, but this one will give us a good run through Christmas time. But then people say, why don't you brew it all year? But then I'm sure if it brewed all year round, it wouldn't sell as much as what we do over the Christmas month, because it is, people have had it, they have a good drink on it, they have a good headache on it, and then they think, no, you know, it's gone now till next year. I think that's true, and, and you get this kind of fascinating countdown that started to kind of happen now. I know I'm Sean at Beer Central, who's, who's one of our panellists, um, he's been putting pictures all over social media about pre-orders and everything ready for the for the launch of it this year so it's kind of become that big institution hasn't it that that's just um you know it's it's kind of almost part of christmas now I'd like to think so. I think sometimes we, we perhaps didn't realise just what it had grown into, but, um, yeah, the last few years we've uh, we've had some things in pubs and actually countdown days to when it's launched, and it's the only one that uh, people pre-order it from, you know, way back, and on Monday particularly when we start selling in cask into Sheffield, it'll be a really busy day, that'll keep everybody busy on that day, but, uh, no, it, it certainly sells well. What about the brewery generally then? How are, how are things? What kind of a year has it been for uh, for Bradfield? Hectic. Uh, That's all I can say. We've um, we've just set on four new members of staff, and uh, as I say, we we're brewing. So we brew 80 barrel a day, at least four days a week, and then uh, going into the Friday at busier times. Or we are getting, we have some expansion plans underway. Uh, hopefully, this next year we should be able to get on with them. But um, we're, we're quite busy. Obviously, beer is kind of a bit of a, or has been a bit of a changing beast over the last few years, particularly. But we've seen uh, in the last few weeks a couple of more kind of hype breweries announced they're going back towards kind of cask. Um, what do you see as the future for, for for Bradfield? Obviously, cask is very much your thing are there any plans to change that or, or or do you kind of have a plan and you stick to it i think we have a plan to stick to it really we do we set off from day one um i know I keep going back to a farming background but we like to bring that philosophy into what we're doing now and i think it's just giving people value for money you know same as at nags area two pound fifty a pint when we can afford to do it and we run it as a separate business people say oh you must be subsidized it we don't it's uh, it, it has to stand on its own and it works at 250 a pint because you get people coming in and uh, they can well, I'm not saying they can't afford the other, but they can afford it. It's not, you know, you're not lifting anybody's leg up, and uh, well, I think we give giving value for money. Um, along with lots of beers as well, they're not overall, they're nice, easy drinking, middle of the road. And when we set off, we wanted to produce a beer that the man on the street walking past the pub could call in, have a decent pint, and walk on. Not, you know, one that's, and I know. Oppie beers do sell to certain people, but it's not been our philosophy to create oppie beers. We're more middle of the road. Sometimes we get criticised, but we sell sell it, so, you know, why bother? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, John, thank you very much. Is there anything else that you wanted to get across? I don't think so. All have a good Christmas. That's the main thing, and uh, keep drinking that Belgian blue. Have a great Christmas. Thanks 
the Bradfield Brewery, and um, so Belgian Blue. Yeah, our, our second beer of the uh, of the night, and um, is a beer that um, I I certainly used to drink more regularly before um, um, having a beer shop and sort of getting all airy fairy about my preferences and my hops and my, uh, my, my yeasts and all sorts of things. So it's a beer that I remember fondly uh, from Christmas days gone past, where the spoons in in Wumble sort of thing, uh, the horseshoe. Um, Nowadays, of course, um, it's an annual uh, phenomenon. That's a fair word, I think. I think locally. it is. It's crazy. Yeah, locally, that's a fair word. And mm. again, apologies to anyone that's in Coventry tonight listening uh, <laughs> to our, our podcast, and you wouldn't get the same impact, of course. But um, Christmas comes very early to Sheffield, all as a result of on the last Monday. Excuse me, the last Thursday of October, it gets launched at the Nags Head and by the brewery and then it's on general release then pubs and beer shops and everywhere else from the last Monday in October so I often kid we, we spend time in um, Bruges on the, the last weekend of October and I, I travel to Belgium uh, to launch Belgium Blue which is a, uh, a real <laughs> a, re, a real achievement uh, uh, for us uh, uh, in our shop so let's open it we've got a bottle opener knocking about it's it's Sean got his rubbish excuse me no this is Laura's which is a Jaipur oh, badge bottle nice. opener so that, that's why I keep, I keep so Belgian blue, um, 4.9% um, fruity bitter. We're, we're, we're suspicious in talking about it a little bit earlier that might have had slow berries in there initially. I know that it, things seem to have changed over the years. The colour of it has changed and, and has as they've had to brew more and more and more of it, mm. there'll be little tweaks to it. So uh, a beer that pours now probably more... Like a ribena. Dark, dark, yeah, purple. Yeah, well, Colour of blood almost. Well, if, you, if you go by, I mean, James called me out on the interview and um, said, basically, you'll heard it, but um, saying that I'm almost 100% that that's changed. Yeah. And It's definitely and, changed and, from and, an ice to surfer. Yeah, yeah. And, and they've said they've said it's not, but I, I, for some weird reason, I don't, like I said, it's this phenomenon thing, going back probably, oh, I don't know, maybe eight, eight years maybe, we, a couple of my friends, we always used to wait for the annual release of it, and I used to think it was a lot darker. Yeah. It had, With a a it had a brilliant white head, like a proper white yeah. head. And then when you used to... It seems to like react with saliva. It is like flecks of blue in it, didn't right, you? Right. Yeah. Certainly blue in the, in the head. Like I remember blue. it having a bluish head yeah. and being yeah. dark beer. Yeah. Mm. A bit like white, not like not yeah, red. So that, that's so. A, no. Yeah. I think on cask you still get a little bit of the blue head. That no. that in bottles not giving as much blue at the moment, and is a um, a dark sort of ruby. Yeah, darker than ruby, really, yeah. isn't it? So what do we think about this? Um, a brilliant thing. red. So what do we think about this weird phenomenon? Because it's not... I wouldn't say that it's a beer that is a popular style or is drunk... But it's drunk by people who are not traditionally, like, ale drinkers. It just seems really odd that people, like, really have this... I mean, um, going back to episode... The, the pilot episode and... Um, Rich saying that, he, that one of his beers that he couldn't wait for every year was Belgian yeah, Blue. Yeah, yeah, um, loved it. 
and I think you might have mentioned it in episode two as well probably I think, mm-hmm. you, I think you tried to get in Belgian Blue in a few times and it's just one of those beers that seems to just think, ignite this I think yeah I think it depends on your beer? standpoint as a, as a drinker so if you are, are a big fan of Bradfield and um, they um, Bradfield Blonde along with uh, Moonshine Abigail Moonshine and I'm sure Neep Sam Blonde are uh, re- really smash it on that sort of 4% pale ale scene for Sheffield um, to get to October and have that as a different drink for a limited time only um, would, would be a, a change up it mm. would be a change up it would be something different something to look forward to um, but if you're drinking 10% imperial stouts all year or guava sours then, then Belgian blue's not really going to make a, a massive uh, a difference to things yeah it's not going to have a massive impact which is funny when it looks um, more like one of those beers well I, th- I actually it looks like a lager and black doesn't it it's, I think it's got some effervescence there as well it yeah. tastes a little bit carbonated to me um, and I'm convinced it used to be a lot fruitier than that. that it's funny what you said about um, traditional ale drinkers don't what was it people who people don't really drink ale seem to yeah, seem like it. Yeah. and I think that's got a real traditional flavour to yeah, it yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, getting nice. loads and loads of fruit either yeah. it's not like there's a, fruit a bit of fruit, fruit. No. yeah there's a bit it's not a I'm fruit beer. It. Yeah, like yeah, a tartness, yeah. But, not but if you don't normally drink beer with a bit of fruit in that would be I a fruity suppose, beer yeah. wouldn't it when there was a point maybe maybe four or five years ago when I thought there was a definite obvious change and I mean like I said to look at it you, would, you probably from a distance you would think a stout but now you think like, it could be a cherry beer or something. Yeah. Yeah. So for them to, like, so fruity yeah, to for them to confidently say that's not changed, With well, something's changed because that's not at all what it used to look like or taste like, I think. Um, but yeah, it, I think maybe it's just one of those, like, sort of nostalgic thing. I know it's a nostalgic thing, but like. It's hype, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you kind of you look forward to it and you think, right, that's the start of Christmas. If you're a beer drinker and you like that kind of cosy pub kind of feel and you start seeing that in your local pubs, then maybe that makes you feel a little bit... Yeah, I mean, you're you, going towards Christmas. Yeah, last night was bonfire night and you, yeah, were, at, you, points, you yeah. were out at your local... Which um, was in Bradfield. Crowded, so. <laughs> crowded, lovely fire, fireworks all yeah. over the place, a little bit of chill in the air, scarves on, yeah. pint of Belgian blue context yeah. absolutely perfect yeah. I mean, for a bit of context in terms of like how it gets out it's reach around the city and I know Laurie was saying that it's a bit of a it's a big beer into the Christmas and you, which you have to compete with but like I walk past that little what's that new little um, sports micro pub which is basically like a bit of a, a lagery pub but then I, I put my head through and their two cask off, offerings were both Belgian, Belgian blue, blue. Yeah. so basically they do just lager and then they've whacked two yeah. little sports yeah. bar yeah. so you know, it obviously sells it, 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 it really more, does what is it? more than anything since you've had else. it in uh, Bit Central has it been one of your best sellers? Uh, this, this time of year are, uh, almost they didn't bottle it initially it was mini keg first year mm. maybe it's two years but uh, so we put it on sale on Monday of last week mm. and it probably was top seller every day of that first week yesterday I think the Northern Monk uh, celestial motion uh, beat it, which oh, was wow. no shock. Yeah. But it just, it just absolutely smashes it right up to Christmas, and mm. um, particularly this year, you know, um, 
the last two years, bottles have been available in August and September because there were that many produced. Right. This year they run out of bottles in January. Uh-huh. And so we've had a, a, a nine month gap as opposed to normal. There's only a two to three month you gap. Get people asking for it all year round. All, all year round, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And, and from um, August, September, it's a constant barrage of questions. When's Belgium blow out? When's it coming? When's it coming? There's a, a real anticipation for it. Yeah, real anticipation. I've actually just enjoyed that there. I've had a little taste in my glass and, uh, and, and just enjoyed it. It doesn't strike me as being something that's going to... Um, compete with anything within the modern scene but if you drink Doombar if you drink lots of blonde beers if you drink plenty of um, best bitters, ruby ales that is a, 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 a something different that you can celebrate and uh, and enjoy for six, eight weeks and then you go back to your go back to January and your, you big your Monday, your Monday and life and yeah. celebrate yeah. beer <laughs> there are very few uh, of our customers certainly, there are a couple but very few of our Customers that buy the big Oppie IPAs and big Imperial Stouts and sours and all that, that would buy that. Mm. Um, but there are still more drinkers out there that don't drink big Oppie IPAs yeah. and sours and Imperial Stouts. The vast majority of drinkers are on steadier way beers, and for them, a 4.9% fruity bitter is more than they're used to. Yeah, definitely. And and is a, a for some people a big step up. My dad drinks John Smith Smooth. What's that now? 3.6. If you're on Green King IPA, a 4.9% fruity bitter is you're going out of your mind. Yeah, yeah, aren't you? It's a big leap. <laughs> it's a big leap. Yeah. yeah, it is. So beer number three, Sean. What we got? Beer number three. I don't think I should introduce beer number three. Oh, oh come on! I think you've introduced a lot. You oh no, well. no, 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 no! <laughs> uh, go on. You can, you can, you can explain, Hannah, why I've handed over. It's um, because this beer is brewed by Welbeck Abbey in um, North Nottinghamshire near Worksop, and it's their Cocoa Noel, their seasonal stout. It's five and a half percent, and it's brewed with cacao nibs, um, which all go into the mash tun at the beginning of the brew. And I think Sean specifically wanted me to introduce this because we, uh, at the brewery, we always get really, really excited when we're brewing cocoa and about. To um, point out, you used to work for Welbeck Cabot. Yes, oh, yeah, did I not say that? Yes, I worked there for a good couple of years and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I cut my teeth at, my brewing teeth at Welbeck Abbey. Um, and I, I still, get in touch with the team and I love them to bits but anyway going back to the story when we were brewing Coco Noel uh, we'd all get a clean cup dip it into the mash tun um, which obviously the cacao nibs were in dip our cups in and then make a brew with it and it was absolutely divine we, we really loved it and my, my parents love that beer my mum makes cracking chilli with it as well oh, sure. yeah Ooh. she's got some on order there you go Claire doesn't know it yet but <laughs> So can I ask a question about one of the ingredients, cacao nibs? Yeah. Which used to confuse me early doors when they started appearing in beers as a, re, as a difference to cocoa. Yeah. So what, what will be the, the difference between cocoa and cacao nibs? So Some people you, think I'm spelling it, cocoa wrong when I say it, it's cacao. <laughs> oh, yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> well done. I think it's yeah. basically the well, same Well, me and Adam say cocoa and you two would say cacao. 
genuinely don't know, but Claire at Wellbeck uses the husks, and she used to use a chocolate ear that I don't think she does anymore because I can't see his branding on the bottle. But the husks are a byproduct of the chocolate making process. Right, so, so it's a recycling um, of Obviously, the blog that 
I set up with Jim, my husband, is called Mash Tun and Meow, and we only set it up really because of the cat, <laughs> because he used to sit next to our bottles of beer, and well, he still does, but sits next to bottles of beer or whiskey and looks super cute, and turns out the internet quite likes alcohol and cats combined. <laughs> um, and the blog kind of grew out of that, and from then, um, so did our interest in beer and our networking within beer and wanted to get a lot more involved and know more and started to homebrew and uh, it was from that that we both ended up with jobs in the brewing industry so uh, the cat is entirely to blame for it all so what's your cat's name? he's called Tosin which everyone always goes what but now there's an actor on Doctor Who called Tosin so I feel like it's a more He's actually named after the guitarist from a band called Animals as Leaders, which is also very fitting because he rules the roost at our house <laughs> and he's beautiful. So there's always loads of pictures of him on uh, on our Twitter and our blog, so feel free to look him up. Will you buy him a Christmas <laughs> gift? Yeah. He gets, from my mum, he gets a bigger Christmas stocking than me and Jim do. Right. <laughs> Honestly. We're talking of naming cats, my... One of my cats, Rufus, is named after the fourth or fifth middle name of... Um, oh, God, what well, his name is now. What a um, shocking story. <laughs> <laughs> just dropped out just my make, make something up now. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> is it Kiefer Sutherland? Is that yeah, his fourth or fifth name? Yeah, we realised... I think we looked we were watching uh, 24 and we like, looked him up for whatever reason and, like, it's like Kiefer, Jeff, Dave, George, Rufus, Rufus. Gary, Sutherland. <laughs> and we're like, all right... It's the middle names, and we're like, oh, Rufus is a cool name. It's a good name. Got Treacle as well, but she was pre named, so, yeah. Yeah, There's there's Cat. cat Treacle's a better name, actually. I think you should hand all future cat naming over to somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) There's Cat Watch done. Um, So, what do you think of the beer? I really like it. Yeah, very smooth. Yeah, it's nice and smooth. It definitely feels like the first actually Christmassy beer that we've had, I think. I'm feeling quite festive drinking this. I love this beer. It is. It's a great. Style. It's like um. It's like a. It's kind of a bit. I'm um, a bitter stout. You know. It's you dry, dry, dark yeah. chocolate. It's just the aftertaste. Yeah, roasted mm, flavour. That's my really type nice. of stout. Yeah. I like it really more. good. You know that I've drunk it sort of rather than that like when it goes a bit sweet and you feel a bit like you could drink quite a bit of that. Like, yeah. yeah. On cask, it's fantastic yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah, a bit, a bit fantastic. Yeah. I'm not getting much aroma from it. From a bottle of dark chocolate. Just chocolate. Yeah. yeah. But maybe it's because I've had like a bit of Belgian blue in this and a bit of some. Yeah, that nail is. <laughs> so that's Coco Noel. Any story behind the name? It seems pretty straightforward. Uh, that was named pre me in at Welbeck Abbey Brewery. Yeah, so you'd have to. Quiz player. So a bit like Adam's cat treacle, it was. It was pre-named. Yeah, pre-named. Still a better story than Adam's was. Is it the Pond House, which is a Welbeck? It's well, not anymore. No, no, no it's, it's, it's all about six owned. months ago, something okay. like that. Ooh, probably yeah, yes. about that. No news. Closer to eight months. Yeah. yeah. Arctic monkeys like to have a drink in there when yeah, they go they, over they, to they, a show. Yeah, they, they, there was uh, some social media of them in there, weren't mm. there? Why is that? I don't know, they like to go to a showcase. Yeah. It's yeah, conveniently say, yeah, across it's the road, isn't the, it? Um, the Indian, it? I've never eaten at a showcase and I really think I should have done it. Yeah, you really right. should. Have, it's great. I went to um, the Public, mm. which is a little cocktail bar in the city centre, did a kind of pe- a tasting menu. It won a national award recently, it did. Public, didn't it? It did. Yeah. 
was it best bar in the country? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they do do really great cocktails. I don't think they have any beer on apart from a few bottles. Um, but the cocktails are great. And yeah, they did this night with Ashoka and this right. really lovely tasting menu. So since I went to that, I've been like, I really must go to Ashoka and come drinking in the uh, Sharavale Ecclesall Road area of Sheffield where we are tonight. Mm-hmm. So before we have the next beer, everyone's a bit more James, don't they? Do we? Well, have we got James. any pre-recording of James? Well, we'll find out in a minute, Sean. <laughs> is it one of those, um, is it like a thank you speech, you know, like when no. somebody accepts an Oscar on your behalf and you can't go? Is he going to do, oh, we're sorry, I can't be there with you tonight, but thank you for well, it, Yeah, we always like a meet the brewer, <laughs> and even though we went to Bradfield, that was a bit of a special, so we do actually have a normal meet the brewer section this month. So, um, maybe maybe two months ago, um, we went to see Josh at Blue Bee Brewer, so this is what um, he had to say with James. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm the director and the director and the brewer at um, Blue Bee Brewery, um, and I've been here since 2014. For anyone that doesn't know, kind of the background of the uh, brewery, just kind of talk us through the history of Blue Bee, if you would. Yeah, it was set up by um, um, three three guys: um, Richard Hoff, who was the brewer, who was then who um, was been Abbeydale and Acorn and various other places previously; um, Andrew Stevens, who um, had um, the Rutland Arms at the time, and a few, other, and then since since had a few other pubs, um, and then um, a silent partner as well. So they set it up, pretty similar to what it is now. Um, and then after a few years, things change, if we put it like that. Um, and sort of me myself sort of took over um, with another couple of silent silent partners, um, and then I do the day to day running of the place, um, sort of. We brew a core range of four beers, um, the Reap Pale, um, Session Pale, um, Triple Up, a bit more hoppy, um, Hillfoot Best and a Tempest Stout. And then we just brew whatever else we feel like it sort of thing, <laughs> as and when. Um, so it's as we record this, it's uh, just a couple of days actually, I was in the Rutland Arms having the Mango Milkshake IPA. Yes. Is that right? Am yeah, I make, that's I... something we made a couple of weeks ago. Where um, so in terms of coming up with ideas for kind of the specials and stuff like that, where does it where does it come from? Do you, you just kind of sit with a notepad in the evening and scribble down ideas that you like, or how how do you go about that? I mean, I have an interest in hops, so I sort of try other people's beers if there's hops in I like. Um, I'll use those, whether it be trying someone's like North Riding single hop pails or something of sitting there with a bottle of Kernel or a can of cloud water and going, oh, that hop tastes good. So I'll go from that sort of thing or. If it's something like um, trying stuff different, because obviously the market's changing a lot, it's not just session pails anymore or just bog standard IPAs. So we're trying to mix it up a bit. And obviously we're no Cloudwater or <laughs> anyone like that or Magic Rock, and we don't have the endless resources that they have. But it's trying stuff, and yes, it's probably not quite as refined as them, but we just do what we sort of feel like on any particular day try and have a good range of different beers for the pubs to buy so they're not just buying one nine at a time or one keg um but yeah just sort of that's how it gets ideas i don't sit and write anything down particularly make stuff up on the day often when we're brewing just add add as we add as we go depends what we've got in 
Sounds sounds like good fun. Um, so you mentioned that about obviously the fact that you know you've kind of adapted and changed a little bit as, as time's gone by, as uh, the market's changed a bit. How do you see things kind of going from from this point onwards for for, for Bluebeak? As as you know, as you touch on the fact that you know a lot of breweries have had to change and adapt, and um, you know the the kind of the the craft beer revolution that, that came along and everything changed a little bit. What what do you see as kind of the the ethos for the future of the brewery? I mean, we're doing a little bit more keg, but we're still, it's barely touching what we do, really. Um, so we're doing a bit of that. Um, but then we still stick to a session. I mean, I, I mainly drink session pale ales on cask. Um, I do drink big hoppy IPAs and imperial stouts from time to time. But I like going to the pub and being able to have four or five pints of one beer that you really enjoy. So I've still predominantly go down that market, but as and when, like I say, we'll just sort of see what other people do and nick their ideas almost. <laughs> um, but it seems to, seems to work for us. We've got a, a, a good, reasonably good following Sheffield. So. Um, and where, if, if, if there's anyone that's maybe, uh, heaven forbid, not tried a, 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 a Blue Bee, a Blue Bee beer, um, where, whereabouts do you, do you tend to kind of get them stocked? Well, as you said, you, you were drinking it in the Rutland Arms. They've always got the, their two co- two of the, their two house beers are our, um, our bitter and our pale, and then they often get the they at least have one cask of every special, and then elsewhere the um, Kelham Island Taverns always got the triple up on, and they've they go through all quite have a lot of specials on. Shakespeare has it on quite often, as does the Red Deer, and then various other places in town. And then it does get out and about further afield. Sometimes you've got no idea how it gets there, but you're going, oh, text from someone in Bristol saying, oh, I really enjoyed your beer, which is always good. And you go, oh, how's it got there? The magic of wholesalers, it just appears and gets to somewhere and it's good to get your name out really. And hopefully that slowly means we can produce more beer and be a bit more successful. What's your kind of approach to uh, bottling and canning? Um, we've not done any of it. We've, I think, historically, we might have bottled a few, tangled up, um, which has not been brewed for years. Um, but it's not something I've looked at. Canning-wise, we don't have the equipment to get the beer right for the in, um, people coming into can. And also, we certainly don't have the money to buy his own, um, buy his own um, canning lines and bottling. Because I'd like to do it in-house. It's partly um, pure laziness. <laughs> it's easier to put it into a cask and a keg and sell um, thirty or forty, um, thirty or forty liters at a time than twelve a bottle of five hundred ml. It's not something I'd not not do or three hundred thirty ml as it'd be. But um, it's just um, at the minute cask and casks as main focus with a little bit of keg. Fair enough. I, I appreciate the honesty. Okay, so um, 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 and and what about um, kind of specials that you've got coming up? Any kind of uh, can you give us any any teasers for for what for what things you might be looking at in uh, the coming weeks and months? Um, well, we've today we um, are brewing a, an Enigma hopped pale, which um, is going to be low ABV, like sort of three point five percent with a load of oats in it. Hopefully, give it a bit more body. So that's Enigma's my favourite hop at the minute. It's an Australian hop really interesting characteristics um so we've done that and then um well i'm away for a couple of weeks so we've sort of not decided until i get back what i'll be brewing i think we'll i think i'm gonna do my coffee milk stout again because that that seemed to have gone down really well and chuck a few bits of adjunct in certain casks and whatever and see see how that goes and then i'll sit down and figure it out whilst i'm on holiday and sort of come up with some form of plan but as ever, we just sort of make it up as we go along. And, w- and whereabouts are you going on holiday? Because this could influence what you end up doing when you get well, back. Well, I'm going to Italy for a couple of weeks. Right, so okay. It might be um, 
might be nearly more red wine really um, than uh, beer cool. thank you very much thanks for your time no worries thank you very much So thanks to Josh at Blueberry. Um, you can kind of pick some of their beers. Like I said, it's not somewhere that you would get shown because they don't really do any bottled or. No, stuff, no, so. we, we know Josh well, and and I'm always nagging Hannah and Gav as well at Neeps, and whenever I get the opportunity, <laughs> very selfishly, of course. <laughs> uh, but um, always look out for for. I know I had a lovely Neeps and Blonde whilst on a. Um, we were in Harley over the, the summer near Wentworth, mm. and. Uh, uh, and had a gorgeous neeps and blonde in the sunshine and whenever I go in the Rutland and that tends to be more of a winter pub for us on a Saturday after work um, so within the next couple of weeks we'll be doing that I always look for a blue bee, beer first something sort of 5%-ish hoppy uh, yeah. and uh, very good with, with the, the American hops is Josh that, yeah, I, I, I do I think again you kind of think it's quite traditional but it's not really no, it's, it's not. They're, they're it's very very good at cast beer yeah. Very, very ho- well hot. Yeah. Lovely bitterness. Yeah. Lovely Josh actually had his mango. Was it, he did mango milkshake. One yeah, of the yeah. 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 Josh also should be um, celebrated for um, being the main uh, beer orderer for this year's Sheffield Beer Festival. I know it's a bit of a, a, a yeah. stressful job for him. Heavily right. involved. But uh, he did the bulk of the cask and the keg, and I know Chris and Kate at Rutland helped a little bit on mm-hmm. some of the keg, but saw him last week and he was he was relieved that it was all over and that things had been celebrated so it's good so I suppose for any listeners who we do get them outside of Sheffield yeah you have to come back in and <laughs> so I think mentioned like Rutland is pretty much a guaranteed place with the reap pale which I don't like I think it's a rate pale but yeah <clears throat> more of a rate than a reit. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah. I don't know why you think of that show. Yeah, it's re- it's re- I always ask for reit and, and they, they pull it me. So that's but is okay. it rate though? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Um, I can't think. Of, I mean, it's a shame that some of the pubs that that, that Pubco was kind of involved with, they've kind of yeah ceased to exist now, but have been some have been taken. Yeah, over. close shot and, um, and that, weren't it? So unfortunately, not see it as much because it's not got that kind of rounded kind of uh, reach I suppose in Sheffield but always if, if you get any there um, what's the one that they do with the um, it's on about it's on about version 30 odd now the um, five, 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 five hop mm. is always a good we've one we've just swapped mm. a quad hop with them today yeah. as well it's really good and his beer's always on at the Keller Tavern yeah, as well I'm thinking that, yeah. it's yeah. always in good nick there too yeah. there you go so final beer Sean final beer um so a controversial brewery is that is that fair or, so. or a controversial owner, owner. perhaps controversial yeah. owner um 
So we've gone for um, another Yorkshire beer. We drifted into uh, Nottinghamshire there, didn't we, for a spell with Welbeck. Um, but still regarded as a local brewery, interestingly, yeah. as is Derbyshire Breweries as well. Sheffield so, seems to it's embrace. It's yeah, yeah, is it? Yeah. So we've gone for um, the annual release of Samuel Smith's of Tadcaster uh, Winter Welcome, and they they do a a, a yearly. Um, release of it um, comes out a touch earlier than Belgian Blue even I think um, so from October onwards it's called Winter Welcome so not necessarily identified as a, as a Christmas beer, they have a different label each year, this one looks to have a couple of Coopers on the front uh, knocking out a, a new a new barrel for the beer and is a, a 6% winter warmer and um, Again, I would, on, on Christmas Day, when I've had my me, me, me Christmas dinner at my mum and dad, save a, a nice walk along the Transpennine um, Trail back to Wolf, uh, where we currently live. And uh, I always feel as if I need a warm-up just prior to uh, going on that. And I think this type of beer would be... I, I suppose I could take some women in it flask, couldn't I? I'd put whiskey in uh, mine, but... <laughs> I've actually got slow gin at the moment. But, uh, so, mm. 6% winter warmer from Sam Smith's um, in Tadcaster. I've just spotted the bottle size. Yes. Very Which... interesting. And unique. 550 milliliter bottle. Oh, yeah. So all of their all of their 500 mil bottles are 550 mil. Uh, all of their their bottles, their oatmeal stout, their taddy port, uh, India ale, pale ale, um, chocolate stout, the wonderful chocolate stout, I love that chocolate and stout. the pure brew lager, all 550s, and they, they they have a real gift appeal when you look at that there little bit bigger, a little bit of gold leaf around the uh, the neck of the bottle and uh, 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 gold top. They've got a real gift appeal. So Christmas particularly, um, they look extra special. You have a pour of that, Thank Laura. Thank you. So controversial, though. Controversial owner, uh, largely down to, I think, um, old-fashioned attitudes. Um, and not necessarily connecting that effectively with their local community. Um, I know they got uh, um, a little bit of bad press in relation to the bridge problem that yeah. they had at Tadcaster. Although the other bridge that was available was owned, also owned by uh, was owned by Sam Smith, and they allowed that to be used. But they do get some bad press and old-fashioned values and a bit of a stickler of an owner, I believe. That albeit is I've never, yeah. I mean, you hear rumours, and certainly there are local examples of that, where the brown bear closes yeah. intermittently. Uh, the one at Greneside... The Unterbridge one. Yeah, the, what's, um, what's the... Travellers. Yeah, Greneside is the cow and calf. Yes. Yeah. And, and the general rumours that you hear, and they, they, they form an urban truth, I suppose, when you hear them so many times, is that... Um, the owner and or senior uh, 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 managers go in and if they're only swearing they close That's the pub it, yeah. they close the pub uh, which is a lot of bollocks really <laughs> uh, but they, they close the pub and that, that's what you tend to hear um, yeah. so you hear it so many times it becomes true but I, well, I don't one, know the one thing I heard which is, it's going back a while and it's, it's kind of weirdly like this weekend went to Peddler so we nipped in certain Eaps and Tap which is a uh, open 
prepared the weekend and then went to the Sheffield Brewery Company place. Yeah. And I'd been back there since when I first joined Camera, and it must be 10 years ago. And they had a, a, a social event there. It was basically... So, a new at Sheffield member. Brewery? Yep, yeah, like a new members social. <clears throat> so weirdly, we were like, oh, we'll look to be... It was a bit like kind of, oh, it wasn't really obvious. You might, you'll get a drink and he'll try it. So we decided to drive. One time I decided to drive. Did this big speech like, yeah, you can, we'll give you some tours and stuff. So he goes, bar's open all night, so it's free all night. Have what you want. And we're like, what? Mm. So basically, like, they were free beer on all night. And I just we decided we were driving. Um, but we got talking to this guy. And we think he were a publican for one at Sam Smith's pub. And this is kind of before Google was dead. You could find anything mm. And he was saying that, like, there was there was no real list of like, what Sam Smith's pubs were. You just have to know where they were. Mm. Now, like, it sounded a bit weird, but, like, actually, like, they don't do any publicity. No. And it's, like, it's almost like you've just got to just find one. Mm. Like, I remember I lived in London, and he said they used to get someone in Soho. There's loads in London. Like, and, I've like, been to the most nice northerly one in the UK. Have you? Yeah. Is it just north of the Forth? It's south of the Forth, it? actually. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to remember the name of the place. <laughs> Cramond or something like that. I can't remember. But it's great pub. Like, so, they all are quirky. Yeah. My favourite one's the one in York that always floods. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so King's the, it's on the riverside. Uh, King's Arms, King's Head, King's Head, King's Head. But they're all very kind of stripped back and I mean, Basic, brown, yeah. brown they're old school. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, they're always they're always very clean and yeah. very organised, but old school in in the field. Like. Brown bear does attract a kind of an interesting crowd. Brown bear yeah. is yeah. an intriguing spot. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my favourite. I, I wouldn't say anybody shouldn't go in it because we go in it. It's nice from outside. Brown bear. I always think you always have a very, you kind of have this perception of what it's going to be like going in a Sam Smith's pub, and you you always get met with the stereotype in the bar there, <laughs> yeah. which I really enjoy. A pint in there, coincidentally, is now uh, two pounds and four pence. Is it? So it's broken it the two. Yeah, it's broken the two pound barrier, has it? which I think is okay. a recent thing. But uh, the other oh. pure, yeah. pure brew in there, and yeah, you're saying it, lots pure of brew organic lager. So basically, yeah. say this, vegan yeah. beers, organic tap. beers. So you probably get from tap cheaper than buying from. Madeira. We when we go down to London. Last time we went, we booked this Sunday dinner. It was on the day that Barnsley got relegated, so my Sunday dinner was uh, somewhat uh, disrupted back in May. I still finish though, and um, just on his way down, we just stumbled down this little snicket alleyway, and and it was and, and there was a there was a Sam Smith pub there, and we walked him, absolutely clean as a whistle, beautiful pub, three old sort of codgers, two two male and one female in the corner, loving what they were doing, just having a sit. So me and Deb had a drink in there first, sat outside in the sunshine in the little alleyway outside. It was just phenomenal. And a bottle of India Ale, it was just fantastic. I loved it. I've never had cask in there. No. I've always avoided, you know, you, you know in the pubs you go in? I haven't actually. No. You know when you go in a pub and you think, Old Mill Bitter. I don't trust that that's used enough. So yeah. That, you know, them, I'd always find that there's that vibe in them kind of pubs, like I don't yeah. drink in it and it's going to be like sour or something. So I tend to They don't have like that much cask option. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah, sovereigns on, yeah. on electric. In the old the old school, you'd say yeah. it's on electric, like stones yeah. on electric. That, that's I on, like the on Alpine Lager. Alpine Lager yeah. is nice yeah. and crisp. Yeah. Yes. We used to drink that for under two quid in Leeds. At the angel, it. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. What's the one on the front at Scarborough? I'm, I'm being very stupid in not remembering this. No, 
There's one bang on the front over the harbour at Scarborough. If you go in the front room there, you get beautiful harbour oh, wow. rows at Scarborough. I'll think of it in a second. The, the, I have one complaint, and it comes back to what you've just said. I would love to have chocolate stout on cask, yeah. and it, you can't you can't get it. And I think that's such a terrible, terrible shame. Um, if anybody from uh, Sam Smith yeah. is listening today, yeah, <laughs> apologies, <Sam>. apologies about <laughs> the mention of controversial. It means Sorry, you're, you're young, you're young punks in a traditional beer world. Um, yeah, well, my, um, mate, my mate Pete who comes in with. Um, he swears by their fruit beers, he thinks. Yeah. They're cracking, yeah. actually. Yeah. Mm. So you, think, like, you think it's just a traditional thing. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's sort of quite traditional. They're cherries. But, like, they're, they're very interesting. They're, they're brewed in Lincolnshire by a little brewery called Melbourne Brothers. And all they do is, is brew beer for the fruit beers. And it then gets transported up to Tagcaster, blended with organic fruit juices. And there is your fruit beer. But they use a tiny, if you, if you have a look at Melbourne Brothers online, tiny little, really old traditional little brewery uh, uh, and, and looks spectacular but it's tiny and, and it's just used by Sam's for, for that. So going back to the beer then, this is a lot lighter than I expected. Yeah, yeah, caramel it's sort of feel to it. It's dangerous and there's some stone fruit yeah. in there. Mm. It's, it, does, it does have that kind it's of boozy winter. though, it tastes boozy. It's got yeah. that little, that hint of Werther's original that I mm. Yeah, no, like a toffee kind of. Yeah, a bit yeah. of toffee caramel feel to yeah, it. There is a bit of stone fruit as well, yeah. now you've said it, isn't there? I, I think that's really good actually. It's. Big bottle, no? I was expecting something a, a little bit more hearty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm still enjoying it. You bought it, we both looked at each other and went, oh, I think we yeah. both had that like, Yeah, a little bit, bit lighter. Yeah. Yeah, you could so almost look like at that. Amber, as, isn't yeah, it? yeah, almost like sort of landlord type colour. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the one at Scarborough on the front is the golden ball, I might add. Um, lovely views. So Sam Smith's um, thumbs up for that yeah, one. Yeah, I think so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good beer. It's, a, it's well made. Again, I'd love it on cask. I'd love it on cask. As far as I'm aware, they only do the old brewery bitter on cask. Yeah. I think you just generally get a, a better body, mm. don't you? Yeah, you do. Better, better mouth cast, feel. Yeah. And Gavin, if he listens to this, will be giggling to himself because I've got a real issue with the word mouth feel. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can get, I think, uh, none of these are bottle conditioned. No. And I think that, that that's the, the, the key with it. Mm. Uh, bottle conditioning gets that mouth feel, I think. Also, is this the first bottle exclusive hot cast oh, possibly I think so no. we've had cans in a lot of them yeah we have I'm trying to think of the pictures and we're back to the uh, what Sean sent through I'm pretty sure so, that but yeah, Christmas beers in a can, can though what, what Christmas beers in a can are there but what, but what, okay, so, so let's, let's just strip it back what constitutes Christmas beer Sorry, bring you first. Personally speaking, or based on what we've tasted just, just today? Personally. Personally, yeah. Well, as, as far as Christmas beers go, I, I don't like the gimmicky idea of doing a beer and sticking the name Christmas on it and then calling it a Christmas beer. If I want a beer that's going to be a Christmas beer and it's brewed for that time of year and for that celebratory season, I kind of want it to have like notes of pine or some some red fruits in there. I want it to be rich and I want it to be luxurious. Um, and and some of these like like when we started with the nailers, I mean that could be another beer at any time of the year. Yeah. But it's got a a place for 
Christmas time drinking. But my personal thing is I'll, I'll tend to stay away from a, a Christmas branded product, apart from cocoa and well, because I absolutely love it. <laughs> It's interesting that none of these bottles have got the word Christmas um, no. on the front, certainly. So we can't accuse them of over-indulgence. Perhaps the Belgian blue Christmas hat and snow mm. yeah. is, the, is the closest that we get to it. I like the Sam Smith's one because it's called Winter Welcome yeah. and suggests a longer, a longer season and a less... Uh, 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 f- Christmas focus beer. You can yeah. have that in November. It's you can have durable. it in February yeah. and easy into March and April if it's snowing non-stop. Um, what constitutes yeah. a Christmas beer? Um, what to you personally? Yeah, it would be uh, chestnut in colour. It would um, taste quite bland, probably. But is that just a, a, a memories of Christmas beers gone by. Um, nowadays, I, I would have had Christmas beers seasonally going back 10 years ago, perhaps. But nowadays, I'm a bit more like Hannah. I, I tend to be more suspicious uh, of a Christmas beer, unless I, I'm very familiar with it, very familiar with the brewery. Um, I'd go for a Delirium Noel, for oh, yes. example, or a Tongue oh, Christmas yeah. when you're in Belgium mm. and that. I've got more confidence that they are brewed with real high yeah. quality and, and that season in mind as opposed to but that's the UK isn't it the UK is commercially driven around Christmas that yeah. makes us suspicious of all things Christmas mm. where I think on the continent Christmas is a classier affair and so that makes me less suspicious of them is that, is that mm. fair? Yeah, yeah. Right. I think for me it's something nice and warm in I'd say so, like, hitting out, there's so many amazing Belgian Christmas mm. beers. Um, not to be confused with Bradfield Belgian Blue, which is in no way a Belgian-style <laughs> beer. It's a cow. It is named after Sammy Klaus is my mm. ultimate Christmas beer. Is that Austrian? Austrian. Austrian. But, yeah, that's, that's my absolute... That's just a really strong... A bit of boozy... You know, quite potent sipping beer. Yeah. But then I'm kind of in two minds because I think as well, a beer that I would drink at Christmas would either be my personal choice would be something that I'm taking my time over that's got those rich flavours mm. that Hannah was mentioning, and you know, there might maybe there'll be some nice festive adjuncts in there, depending on the beer. But then it's also a beer that I would drink around Christmas time would be probably something brownish mm. that I could drink mm. pints of with my dad in the pub. That's it, yeah. yeah. So I think it's sort of I think a couple cr- of different options. The, the Christmas beers take us closer to our families than any other beers any time of yeah. year. They do, don't they? I think what I consume a Christmas beer and what I want from Christmas beer is different. I think what yeah, I think, I think, I think yeah. kind of what I see as it is more like spiced, dark beers where it's got sort of some sort of clove or like I don't, ginger yeah. or something. But I don't would like you go that. as dark as stout? I don't feel no, like what stout. I want, yeah. What I want from once it gets dark. I kind of see more of a winter thing. I don't really see it as a Christmas that's thing. It. I want something like it's a little bit like the Noel. Something that's like like it's got a nice kind of bitterness to it. It's nice and you can sit and drink it. It's maybe five percent and under, and you can probably have you know four or five pints. Mm. Of something nice and bitter and stouty. Maybe it's more like kind of coffee, chocolate, not really smoky or anything like that. So yeah, but I don't think that's fine. Anyway, so we need to pick a beer of the beer of the night. 
beer of the night. That's hard. I've got two in mind. I can leave it to last if you want. And you can. Uh... I've got one. Shall I go first? Yeah, you go yeah. first. Yeah. I'm gonna go for the Coco Noel because it was the main one that made me feel like Christmas. I'm gonna agree with that. Be quick. I think it was the best one. I mean, the um, Welbeck. Okay, my uh, winner of the night is also the Welbeck Coco Noel, but I enjoyed uh, Belgian Blue more than I imagined that I would. So that surprised me a little bit because it's over a year again since I've had one of those. Um, so that that has that has surprised me, and I probably would have. Um, the, the, the weaker one I was hoping for more from the winter welcome okay. um, so Coco Noel easy win so it's, so it's won already but well I was afraid to say it because I thought people would think <laughs> I was being biased what was your, what was your second then Hannah what was your was it the winter the welcome, winter welcome. I yeah well. I was quite impressed with it actually I've never had that one um, actually the branding would put me off that. The, the change I mean, the label. It's, it's busy. Yeah. 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 I love that it says 2018, 2019 on the label, yes. and yet yeah. if you looked at that, you'd think, well, that's been on the shelf for years. <laughs> <Yeah. Ancient. laughs> I know a Cooper as well. Um, yeah. Well, a, an ex Cooper, so um, he'd. There's your Christmas gift for, to, for yeah, your Cooper to friend. Suck that, and it's the right strength for him too, so. <laughs> But yeah, the Coco Noel for me. So, four out of four, everyone for the uh, winner. Well done, Claire and the team well done, down yeah. at Welbeck Happy. So, thanks yeah. for joining us. Thanks to... Uh, Is that it? Well, yeah. This has been a good one, this. Thanks actually. to Sean and BSA. There's nothing else we can you talk about. More caps. Thanks to uh, Sean from BSN for supplying the beers. Thanks for Hannah for standing in for... No worries. And, um, James is under pressure. Is any, well, as sure. you're here, is anything that we need to know about... Um, Next few next month or so for Deep Sand. Deep we've got the, the well, final. Well done for coming second, by the way. You got silver. Oh didn't yeah, you, yeah, we got silver. Yeah, um, beer of the festival. Very good. Thing. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> uh, we've got our final tap room. Uh, we're reopening again in March, so the final tap room I think is around about the first of December. Whatever the first weekend of December is, we'll be open that Saturday from three. I'll be on the bar. Because Kelly Island Victorian Christmas market's on there. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to get shafted again. <laughs> Great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down. Oh, good. Yeah, do you? I'm going to say you're on duty now. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. So, I think you should get dressed up in, like, 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 sure. Laura, like Laura will be <laughs> on, their, be on their store. I'll be dressed as a bona fide Victorian. Laura could sort you out. Yeah. Yeah, some kit for working behind the bar. I'll get, you know, like, beer spills on it and things. It'll look Is the time in the brew scheduled to do a Victorian bitter? Uh, it's, a... it's never going to happen. <laughs> Have you met Gavin? Yeah. <laughs> if it's not stuffed full of hops, it's, it can't be called a brown beer at all. At all. <laughs> so, yeah, so thanks, Hannah. And um, we'll be, James and I will be back mid-month for the half pint. Spe- spe- yeah, special thanks to Adam Laura tonight Sarah. as well. I mean, listeners wouldn't necessarily know it, but Adam's he had a, a, a real frantic look on his face early on. Yeah, he couldn't get the microphone to work. That's and we were all sat here saying useful things like, have you tried turning it off? Stick it out, yeah. On, off and on in the end worked. Uh, it, there was a shameful phone call to James while James was busy, which we should apologise for. We flipped for. and flopped and 
and C-bomb. We got there in but the we, end. We got there in Wi-Fi, <laughs> data packages. Yeah, we'll to reimburse Laura the whole, for about the whole, 25% the whole, of her data. The whole <laughs> lot went into it. So well done, Adam. Yeah, and cheers for Laura for standing in for me on the half point. Really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed listening to the uh, last one, actually. It would be nice to like, have two episodes where I had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. This is my little camper van. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll be back next month for Christmas, Christmas Pop Crawl. Can I come? Ooh. Yeah, Anna, come on. Come. Well, I might just we, meet you in various no, no, I think... Um, Are we announcing the four uh, destinations yet? Or? No, because I don't think they're all finalised. Okay, but, uh, that's yeah, fine. So we, we're gonna we are going to throw Brown Bear in there. Well, we've officially got four pubs. We might go rogue, and we might end up in loads. And we'll go up and speak to some people on the way. So, Anna, if you're kicking around, you can you can accidentally bump into us halfway down. Well, yeah, I could. No, be you, just you, you, no, you have a golden somewhere. ticket. Golden ticket. Golden anybody, ticket. anybody who's you're on it. So, Jim's, Jim's invited as well. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And and the budget for the beer for the night comes out of the the Hopcast funding. Brilliant they're, they're stuff. Of, yeah. <laughs> Is it a round each? Yeah, round each. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're back in. Uh, early December for the Christmas pod crawl we're going to call it and um, yeah see you then cheers good night thank you